Hey there. So one thing we've never talked about on this show, Medicare. You know, that free healthcare thing you may expect to get when you turn 65. It has been on a list of things where I've been like, that's too big. That's too complicated. I, I can get my arms around it just now. And that's especially because there's this thing called Medicare Advantage. It's a kind of privatized version run by insurance companies. Seems controversial and really complicated. So I've been like, maybe someday. And that someday is today, or at least we start today, mainly because a colleague of mine just did a bunch of reporting that we get to piggyback off of. My name is Sarah Jane Tribble, and I am Chief Rural Health Correspondent with KFF Health News. And as Sarah Jane reported on Medicare, she was surprised by how much she didn't know and how much other folks didn't know either. At Thanksgiving, when I was working on some of these stories, I have friends who are nearing retirement. They're not really close, but they're close enough to care and they're avid NPR listeners. And they were like, wait, so what's the difference between Medicare Advantage and Medicare? And I was like, they should know, right? Who's going <laughs> to tell them? Right. That's us, I guess. This show will help tell them. I hope so. I hope so. Because this traditional Medicare versus Medicare Advantage, it is a high stakes decision. It happens when you first signed up. I mean, here's the big thing that Sarah Jane learned. If you sign up for Medicare Advantage at that point, when you first get on Medicare, you're pretty much stuck with it. And some people end up with buyer's remorse, big time. And actually, beyond that choice between Medicare Advantage and traditional Medicare, there's literally a whole alphabet soup of other choices you're going to need to make, each one with a price tag and maybe some big trade-offs. And there's been a lot of questionable information that comes at people. TV shows that older folks watch have been full of ads with people who were real famous in the 1970s. Hi, I'm Jimmy J.J. Walker. Hi, I'm Joe Name. William Shatner here with an important message. I've been on Medicare for longer than I'll admit. And some of these ads make claims that sound too good to be true. And get this, I'm entitled to an extra $100 a month. That's $1,200 a year added to my Social Security check. And I was like, dino my. Last year, the feds finalized new rules to try and rein in sketchy claims from some ads like these. So understanding what's going on, it is a big deal. We're going to run down what I've learned so far, including some extremely expert guidance. And our expert, by the way, set me straight on a bunch of things, including, sadly, this. Medicare isn't actually the free healthcare thingy some of us hope for. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people think, oh, Medicare is going to be free. It unfortunately is not. Yeah, the question is how much it's going to cost you in dollars and maybe your choice is managing your own healthcare. And surprise, it's super complicated. So by the time we're done, you're going to understand the differences between Medicare Advantage and traditional Medicare and how to start sorting through the alphabet soup. We will also leave you with some solid resources to figure out what your best choice might be when the time comes either for you or somebody you care about. Let's do it. This is An Arm and a Leg, a show about why healthcare costs so freaking much and what we can maybe do about it. I'm Dan Weissman. I'm a reporter. I like a challenge. So the job we've chosen here is to take one of the most enraging, terrifying, depressing parts of American life and bring you something entertaining, empowering, and useful. Okay, 
when it comes to Medicare, the biggest choice folks have to make is between traditional Medicare run directly by the government and Medicare Advantage plans, which are run by private insurance companies. And again, that's plans because a bunch of different insurance companies offer different Medicare Advantage plans. And last year, Sarah Jane Tribble started hearing from CEOs of rural hospitals. They were telling her, Medicare Advantage plans are killing us. We're spending a ton of time and money fighting with these insurance companies to get paid. And sometimes we don't get paid. And then I was also hearing about patients showing up at the hospital and these local hospitals saying, oh, no, we actually don't take your plan. And so you've got these small town, you know, folks who have only one hospital and a long, you know, large radius. And they would show up and the hospital would be like, ah, you're going to have to pay out of pocket because we don't take this Medicare Advantage plan. And the patient, of course, would be like, but I'm on Medicare. You're supposed to take care of me. Yeah. I mean, isn't that the deal with Medicare? Like everybody accepts it. You get on Medicare, you're taken care of. I began wondering how much does signing up for a Medicare Advantage plan actually affect the care you get? And the answer seems like maybe a lot. A little Google searching turns up a lot of headlines about claims getting denied and about hospitals dropping Medicare Advantage plans. And it also turns up a report from the Inspector General's office at the Federal Department of Health and Human Services. And if you've got regular insurance, you may be familiar with what's called prior authorization. That's when your provider needs to get the insurance companies okay, their authorization, before going ahead with whatever they think you need test, procedure, prescription, and sometimes the insurer issues a denial. They say no. The inspector general's report looked at a random sample of denials by Medicare Advantage plans. They found one out of every eight denials was for care traditional Medicare totally covers. And which, you know, as you get older, you get sick, one out of eight, you could have eight of those requests in a month. Sarah Jane started talking with patients. I called one gentleman in Washington state and he wanted out of his Medicare Advantage plan and he couldn't get out. That gentleman is Rick Timmons. I'm a retired veterinarian. I'm living on Whidbey Island in Washington, which is just north and west of Seattle. Ooh, wow. So is your life just a succession of paddling trips and uh, <laughs> and, and swims in the sound? Yes, sort of. Although uh, the water's a little bit too cold for me to swim in. So mm. here it's kayaks when we get out into the water. Rick signed up for Medicare Advantage in 2016 after attending an informational seminar run by an insurance agent. Nice guy. And he said, you know, the best thing to do is to get a Medicare Advantage plan because they cover everything. And it's, it's far less expensive than traditional Medicare. Okay, why would that guy say Medicare Advantage is far less expensive than traditional Medicare? I mean, for one, a lot of us think Medicare is going to be free. And even if it's not, why should, I mean, how could one kind of Medicare be more expensive than another? So we're going to have a lot of details on this later. But here, let's just get into the difference between Medicare Advantage and traditional Medicare. Traditional Medicare is run by the government. Government pays all the bills. But... Traditional Medicare only pays 80% of everything, and you're on the hook for the other 20%. There is no out-of-pocket limit. Let's bring back Sarah Jane Tribble to briefly say what that means. You could pay out the wazoo. It could bankrupt you. Out the wazoo. Because, you know, medical bills, hospital bills, they can get into the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, 
20% of that is paying out the wazoo. To avoid that risk, if you're on traditional Medicare, you basically need another insurance policy, a supplement, often called Medigap, like it covers the gaps that traditional Medicare leaves. And some people get Medigap from their old employers, but most people have to pay for it. It can get expensive. Medicare Advantage plans, plans run by private insurance companies, do have an out-of-pocket limit. You don't have to buy a supplement. That's an advantage. Also, there's things traditional Medicare doesn't pay for, like dental care and glasses and hearing aids. Medicare Advantage plans generally do cover these things. And as Rick recalls, the insurance agent pushed Medicare Advantage kind of hard. Basically, what he said was, yeah, if you want to sign up for traditional Medicare, I can help you for that. But if you want Medicare Advantage, which is much better program. And sign right here. So Rick did. Fast forward five years. Rick's wife notices a little bump on his ear. She said, you should get that looked at. I have a family history of melanoma. My two sisters have had melanoma. Rick says he saw his primary care doc then started trying to get his insurance company's promise that seeing a specialist would be covered. He says he called and called over more than six months. It was uh, not a fun time. I mean, I didn't know what it was, but I knew that it was growing and it was sore. And, you know, I was frightened. It's like you can't think about anything else when when you're wondering about what's happening with this little lump. Rick says when he did get seen, the thing was the size of a dime. They found it was malignant, cut his earlobe off and scanned his lymph nodes. They were clean, but he spent a year on immunotherapy. And now he says he's getting scans every six months. Sarah Jane Tribble asked Rick's insurance company about all this. They said they wouldn't comment on his case. Meanwhile, Rick says he's had enough of Medicare Advantage. On traditional Medicare, you don't need anybody's okay to go see a specialist. You just go. But of course, to switch to traditional Medicare, Rick would need a supplement, a Medigap policy. Otherwise, uh, you're just forking out thousands of dollars if you have any issues. Because you're on the hook for 20% of everything. No out-of-pocket limit. Paying out the wazoo. Rick doesn't think he can get a Medigap policy because in most states, including Washington, where Rick lives, insurance companies don't have to issue you a Medigap policy if you have pre-existing conditions. Not unless you sign up for it when you first enroll in Medicare. The insurance companies tell me, no, we don't want to insure you. You've had too many issues. Look, you had a knee replaced. You had cancer. This is what made Rick's story and the whole Medicare situation so striking to Sarah Jane Tribble. It's sort of shocking, actually, right? The Affordable Care Act passes and makes it so that everybody with pre-existing conditions can get insurance no matter what. But it leaves out the people who might need that the most, who are 65 and older. Four states have laws that do require Medigap insurers take everybody, but only four. If you're Rick in Washington state, you could get rejected. I talked to someone else who would like do-overs on signing up for Medicare Advantage. In the 1970s, in his 20s, Robert Wolpa was a professional musician, a guitar player. Played in bands up and down the West Coast, went to Canada with an Elvis act. It was really a lot of fun. And he worked in call centers for decades. When he turned 65, he says he got inundated with ads, calls, flyers. I got one of the mailers says, have a free dinner on us and we'll teach you all about Medicare, the ins and outs of Medicare. He went and he got what he thinks of in retrospect as a hard sell pitch for Medicare Advantage, which he bought. And over time, he's gotten disillusioned. 
He says, you know, it's one thing to have to call to get a pre-authorization or, you know, a referral. Is this doctor covered? No? Uh, okay. Which doctor is covered? It's a lot of calls. But then there's the difficulty of getting through those calls. It got harder and harder and more frustrating talking to some of these people who didn't know what they were doing. I mean, and I've been a call center guy, too, my, most of my life. But these poor people, I mean, they are so undertrained and underpaid. At least that's the impression Robert gets, you know, as a guy who spent decades working in call centers. Robert has priced out a Medigap plan. Because he's got pre-existing conditions, HIV, a pacemaker, it would be expensive. $479 a month, which is almost a third of what he gets from Social Security. I said, okay, next option. <laughs> I suggest to Robert, maybe his work background gives him an advantage in jumping through all those hoops, like making all those calls, both knowing how to navigate and having empathy that could help him keep his blood pressure from spiking too hard. He says, yeah, up to a point for now. And I think to myself, you know, I'm 71. I just turned 71 in November and I'm, I'm a little, I've got, I've got a little of the HIV cognizant crap. My short-term memory is gone. <laughs> After talking with Robert, this part really gave me pause. I mean, dealing with insurance companies and all the attendant hassles, that's hard work, right? It is not the kind of job I would wish on somebody as they get older, start slowing down. And it could be a job that increasing numbers of people are signing up for. Last year, the number of people in Medicare Advantage plans became the majority of people on Medicare. All right, I might have scared the bejesus out of you, and I'm a little scared myself, but I've got some super practical information coming your way. I talked with one of the best people in the country to find out what should I know before it's time to sign up for Medicare? Turns out the answer is <laughs> a lot. That's next. This episode of An Arm and a Leg is produced in partnership with KFF Health News. That's a nonprofit newsroom covering healthcare in America. The reporters, like Sarah Jane Tribble, are amazing. I'm honored to work with them. Okay, so if you want traditional Medicare, you pretty much need to choose it when you first sign up for Medicare. And signing up for Medicare turns out to involve a lot of choices and a lot of different price tags and some big potential pitfalls. <laughs> it is wild the things I've learned. And I found maybe the best person in the country to learn from. My name is Sarah Murdoch. I'm the Director of Client Services at the Medicare Rights Center. Um, and we're a national nonprofit that assists with really any Medicare issue that you could conceive of. I and mean, then I serve like a massive quantity of people on our helpline, about 20,000 people in a year. What would you want people to know when they're like, say, I don't know, 64, about the choices they have? Because I think a lot of us think like, oh, I'm going to turn 65. I'm going to call the federal government or they'll, maybe they'll call me. And I never have to think about health insurance again or health care or, you know, paying these ridiculous prices. And I think that's not exactly true, right? To start off, they're not going to call you. Yeah. And not only do I have to call them, I have to do it on time. Apparently, I get a seven month window, like three and a half months on either side of my 65th birthday. And I better not miss it because if I do, well, number one, I have to wait until the following January to sign up until then. 
I better have some other kind of health insurance because no Medicare for me. And not only that, when I do sign up, I'm going to have to pay a penalty. And when Sarah told me this, I was like, are you kidding me? No, I wish I was kidding, but unfortunately, unfortunately not. So yeah, they're very stringent kind of uh, enrollment windows that people need to stick to. I kind of couldn't take it in all at once. I was like, so either I have to wait or else I have to pay. Is that it? There's like, no, dummy. You would have to wait and you would have to pay. So you're going to charge me for not having Medicare. That sounds awful. I love talking to people, like you said, when they're 64, because you can kind of head off the pitfalls before they happen. Oh, and get this. The penalty, it's not like a one-time late fee. It bumps up what you pay for the rest of your life. Holy crap. I had done some homework before talking with Sarah, but I had not seen that one coming at all. So yeah, don't miss that deadline. And about the rest, the part I thought I'd done my homework on... (laughs) Boy, did Sarah fill in a lot of blanks. So just to get started, here's the big picture. Medicare is alphabet soup. There's part A, covers hospital bills. There's part B, that covers doctor visits. And there's part D, for drugs. Wait, what's part C, you're asking? Oh, that's Medicare Advantage. If you got that, it basically takes over for A, B, and a lot of the time, D. And let's say you don't want to go with Medicare Advantage when you first sign up for Medicare, because for most people, this is like your one shot at getting traditional Medicare. Accepted just about everywhere, no questions asked. Then you're going to need to buy a Medigap supplement so you don't end up paying out the wazoo if you run into health problems, because traditional Medicare only pays 80%. But no matter what you pick, Medicare Advantage or traditional Medicare, it's going to cost you. As we heard from Sarah right at the top of this episode. I think a lot of people think, oh, Medicare is going to be free. It unfortunately is not. Yeah. So each part has its own price tag or tags. Sarah walked me through it. And actually, the very first step involves some good news. Part A, which is hospital and inpatient coverage, is free for most people. So if you've paid into Social Security and Medicare for 10 years, that's you. So great. And unfortunately, that is where the easy, simple part ends. So next, we move on to Part B, doctor bills, outpatient stuff. Part B has a monthly premium of 174 Let me just get the exact. It's 174 and change. $174.70. And important to note, picking a Medicare Advantage plan does not mean you skip paying this Part B premium. This $174.70 It applies to pretty much everybody. And folks with higher incomes, starting at $103,000, can pay more. All right, that's part B, doctor visits. On to part D for drugs. Fun fact, this is 100% run by private insurance companies, actually, which, among other things, means it involves shopping for a plan every year. Those plans and their premiums change year to year in New York, Like we would see them ranging from anywhere from like $3 monthly premium to $120. So all over the place. $3 sounds good, but I'm guessing there's a catch. Yes. So not every plan is identical. Some Part D plans cover more drugs than others. Some leave you paying more for the drugs they do cover. And which one's a good deal for you is going to depend on what meds you need. (sighs) Sounds fun, right? Well, Sarah tells me there is actually a bit of good news here because... We're not on our own with this. 
Medicare does on Medicare.gov have a really great tool called Plan Finder where people can enter their medications. It sort of matches up your medications with the plans that cover them in the most affordable way. This is a huge relief because shopping on my own? Oh, it looks like there are 21 different Part D plans in my area. So comparing all of them, that would be a big job. Okay. Now I've got parts A, B, and D. I'm on the hook for, well, start with 174.70 plus however much for drugs. And not only have I started to spend money, I'm starting to get exhausted with all the details piling up. But if I still want traditional Medicare, you know, just about everybody takes it, hardly any pre-authorizations to worry about, I still need a Medigap plan, also called a supplement. And again... Now I'm shopping for insurance from private companies. And guess what? We got a whole new bowl of alphabet soup. Yeah, so there's 10 Medigaps. They all have a letter. Yeah, and each letter has its own set of benefits and exclusions. Some have higher deductibles, others cover some extras. But they're all supposed to protect you from paying out the wazoo. So, for example, Plan G is the most comprehensive and the most expensive. And, of course... Once I've picked a letter, I am sifting through however many companies may offer any given plan in my area. So where I live in Illinois, it looks like there are 57 Plan Gs on offer. Prices? 130 bucks to 464. But here's another little bit of good news for us because Sarah has a super important tip. I think it is very important for people to keep in mind there that all the Gs are identical. A G offered by the company one, that's $500, versus the G offered by company two, that's $300, have identical benefits. So there's no reason to <laughs> pick the um, more expensive. Yeah, I asked Sarah, wait, how are any of these companies getting away with charging more for the exact same thing? Like, why would anybody ever choose the more expensive one? And she's like, eh, maybe they just don't know any better. Maybe they had that company, you know, when they were working and they have preconceived notions about it. So when people call the helpline on this question, Sarah and her colleagues tell them, pick one that's the most affordable. Don't make some other selection for whatever reason you might imagine in your head. And of course, it turns out in the place of Plan G, which just happens to be the example Sarah's using, there is a caveat because in some states there are Plan Gs sold with a high deductible and lower premiums. Okay, more to watch out for. But in general... This is some really good advice right here. And all of this leaves me with a really big takeaway. Medicare is not free. There's that 174.70 for the Part B premium. And then you may be looking at a bunch of money on top of that for a Medigap plan. Or if you go with Medicare Advantage and avoid paying for a Medigap plan, you are looking at dealing with private health insurance companies that we all love so much. All the shopping for a plan. Do I get an HMO through the PPO? What's the difference again? And then all the questions, all the runarounds, all year round. Is my doctor covered? Is my doctor still covered? Is the company going to approve the care my doctor says I need? If they don't, what the hell am I going to do? All of it left my colleague Sarah Jane Tribble pretty ticked off. The thing that blew my mind is how expensive it is to have any form of Medicare, right? It's not a free ticket for your health care. 
This is, to me, the most outrageous thing, that you're going into retirement, you've lived your life, and America is supposed to give you this promise of Medicare, and then the promise is actually hundreds of dollars a month. I mean, you can save some money by signing up for Medicare Advantage and, you know, hope it works out for you. And and hey, it, it does work for some people. My mom's on a Medicare Advantage plan. She is 93, definitely sees a few doctors, and she's got no complaints. Here's Sarah Murdoch from the Medicare Rights Center. When people ask, I think often, like, which one is better? It's like, that's, that's not, I can't answer that. <laughs> because people's needs are different. People's doctors are different. Where they live and their access to different services might be different. If you're in a plan that all your doctors take, and that's great. You can save some money that way, too, on those premiums. And hope the insurance company doesn't change the deal next year and that your doctors don't decide to leave the plan. All right. I'm not trying to freak you out or myself. And I actually have some good news. Thanks to Sarah Murdoch, because we have covered a lot of ground on what you should know about Medicare. But holy crap, there is so much more to know. Medigap plans are regulated by states. So that is 50 different setups right there. Not to mention the 10 different flavors of Medigap and all the kajillion and one different Medicare Advantage plans out there. And there's deals we haven't talked about, too. So some people with low incomes qualify for Medicaid, which serves as a kind of Medigap, but, you know, for free. Some people can get government subsidies to cover that Medicare Part B premium. And again, all of this is state by state, 50 different deals. So if you're actually looking at signing up for Medicare, you're going to have a lot more questions than I can start to answer here. And the good news is, You don't have to go to an insurance broker like Rick and Rob did and hope they steer you right instead of, you know, chasing a higher commission. Sarah Murdoch says every state has an agency you can call. They're called SHIPS for State Health Insurance Assistance Programs. The A is silent, I guess. And their job is to give unbiased advice. If you're in New York, you might even end up talking with Sarah or one of her colleagues. The ships, they don't get anything. It's like they don't have any financial incentive. We participate in the New York ship. Like, I don't care what plan you pick. I just want to help you pick something that is going to work for you. And that may be original Medicare with a Medigap and Part D. It might be a Medicare Advantage plan. It might be, you know, Medicare and Medicaid. Like this episode is pitched at someone who's like at or approaching age 64. Like the bottom line is like, go get on a ship. Go sail on a ship. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. There's a central website, shiphelp.org, where you can just click on your state and it will kind of direct you to the phone number to call. So they're there as a resource. So this was a lot. Let's just review. First, Medicare isn't free. Got it. Second, don't forget to sign up on time. You could end up paying a late fee every month for the rest of your life. Third, when you sign up for Medicare, think real hard about the choice between Medicare Advantage and traditional Medicare, because if you pick Medicare Advantage, you probably won't get do-overs. And maybe if you're planning on retiring and don't want to deal with Medicare Advantage, ask yourself, where am I going to get the money to pay for that Medigap plan? You know, build that into your budget. And finally, when you get there, catch a ship. That's www.shiphelp.org. There's a lot more to cover with Medicare Advantage. There have been scandals, including ways insurance companies milk the program for profits. We may get to that someday. Meanwhile, I hope this has been useful and eye-opening. 
We'll be back in a few weeks with a new episode about Medicaid. Well then, take care of yourself. This episode of An Arm and a Leg is produced by me, Dan Weissman, with help from Emily Pisacreta and edited by Ellen Weiss. Adam Raymunda is our audio wizard. Our music is by Dave Weiner and Blue Dot Sessions. Gabrielle Keeley is our managing editor for audience. She edits the First Aid Kit newsletter. B. Bosco is our consulting director of operations. Sarah Balma is our operations manager. An Arm and a Leg is produced in partnership with KFF Health News. That is a national newsroom producing in-depth journalism about healthcare in America and a core program at KFF. That's an independent source of health policy research, polling, and journalism. You can learn more about KFF Health News at armandalegshow.com slash KFF. Zach Dyer is senior audio producer at KFF Health News. He is editorial liaison to this show. Thank you to the Institute for Nonprofit News for serving as our fiscal sponsor, allowing us to accept tax-exempt donations. You can learn more about INN at inn.org. And thanks to everybody who supports this show financially. If you haven't yet, we'd love for you to pitch in and join us. The place for that is armandlegshow.com slash support. Thank you so much, and thanks for listening. Thank you.